What's up, guys? Welcome back to Rory Sports and Stories. This is your host, Rory Kane. Thanks for tuning in. And if you like what you hear today, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you. So I'm Rory Kane. And what's up? Daryl Sullins Jr. Yep, that's me. Two-time national champion. No, actually, just actually just one. I'll take the two, though, if you want to give me two. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, how are you doing today? I'm good. I just got off from uh, work, so just hanging out now. Well, how about you? I'm pretty good myself. Mm-hmm. Just for an icebreaker question, who would you say your sports role model is? My sports role model? Um, I would say Deion Sanders. And um, in football, because he's just a dog on mm-hmm. the field, you know. Um, and he's just a, and just his work ethic too. I think yeah. So I'm gonna have to go with Deion Sanders. All right. So jumping into like my first set of questions, I was doing some research on you, and I saw that you have your own podcast as well. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So I have a company called No Negations, and we're a motivational lifestyle and apparel company, and. Um, what we basically do is a lot of the um, public speaking, one-on-one life coaching and um, all that good stuff. With everything going on with the coronavirus, you know, we can't really go out and we can't get on stage. So we decided to op- start a podcast where we can still get our message out there, you know. So, um, yeah, we've been around. I think we just we just completed our 11th episode. So, yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of still new. But, yeah, that's what we're doing with our podcast right now. Mm-hmm. I saw your father is also a co-host on your podcast. Can you tell me about your father? Has he played an important role in your life? Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, my dad is definitely one of my biggest role models, especially in the business world. Um, with his worst ex- with his worst work ethic and you know all that good stuff. Um, at first, when it came to like uh, the no no negations as a brand, um, like I said, he he's been in the business. He's been doing business stuff ever since I could really remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when I first came up with the idea of no negations, I didn't want, I didn't really didn't want him to be a part of it because I'm like, you know what? I want to do my own thing. But after a while, the understanding like, you know, you, you need help with everything that you do. I brought him on and his role with no negations has been great. He's helped with getting some of our guests. He's helped with some of the events that we've had. Um, and then just, in my life in general, just being a role model, always encouraging me, uh, showing me the ropes. Okay, D, this may work. D, this may not work. So um, in my life, in the business, he's just been a huge factor. Awesome. So jumping into sports. So you attended Mountain Union. Can you tell me about your experience there in their football program? So Mountain Union is probably one of the best D3 football programs in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um and understanding that, I was a little nervous at first. So I went into my freshman year. I didn't play the way – in the beginning of the year, um, I didn't play the way that I know that I could play because because of, like, the, you know, the, the history of Mount. But once I understood and realized that, you know, I'm here for a reason, I kind of adapted to, 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 that, to that style. Um, yeah, but, yeah, Mount is one of the greatest <laughs> – one of the greatest uh, football programs, D3. Um, they – produce um, great football players like Cecil Shorts, Pierre Garçon, uh, mm-hmm. Trey Jones. So just being a part of that and getting like, with that school, um, it, just, it was just great. Would you also say that was your first choice college? 
uh, Mount was Mount my first choice. Yeah, would you say it's your first choice? Uh, when I was looking at schools, no, it wasn't my first choice. I was looking at other schools, like I said, because you know I already knew about Mount, and at first I didn't think I could really play there. But once the coach called me and started, and, and we, I started going through the recruiting process, mm-hmm. and I got on campus, fell in love with the campus, with the program. So I was like, you know what, this is definitely the school for me. Uh, and then they had my major. Um, if football didn't work out for me, I still had something to fall back on. So, uh, yeah, so mine wasn't my first initial choice, but it was definitely up there, and I think it was a good decision for me to go there. So I also learned that you transitioned from wide receiver in high school to quarterback in college. Was that a hard transition? Um, Not really. Um, Having a wide receiver background, I had a little bit of experience with different routes. So as I'm, like, in the middle of a play, backpedaling and watching, like, how the receiver is moving, doing the different things, I could kind of guess the route. Um, so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a hard transition. It was just making sure that I got my film study in. I was doing that and then, um, and then trusting, my, trusting the game. Also, at any point in your life, was your goal to make the NFL? <laughs> yeah, that was – I think that was everyone's goal. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, when played at Mount, I used to when once I got my mindset right, I was training, I was doing all this extra stuff, and then my senior year came around. Didn't have the best senior year, but I decided to take a shot at the CFL first, and then in hopes of I can go to the CFL and then go to the and try to and try it for the NFL. But mm-hmm. in my tryout for the CFL, I, I pulled my hamstring, uh-huh. and after I did that, I decided not. I decided just to you know hang up the cleats. That's tragic. Mm-hmm. Hey, D, can you tell us, so what was that transition? What did it feel like having a transition from uh, having those goals of going to the NFL and the CFL and then um, realizing that that injury may have cut you short? What was that transition mm-hmm. like in life? So at first, at first it was a little depressing because, like I said, I always wanted to go to the NFL. I always wanted to play professional football. But I learned so much from playing the game of football, you know, work ethic, uh, time management, um, a whole bunch of different concepts. And I was able to utilize those concepts in the things I'm doing now. So um, uh, one of the things that the coaches always said was to be 15 minutes early. So if I have a meeting, if I have something, I always made sure if even if I was going to be late, I at least checked in, you know, um, taking things, taking those principles and then going above and beyond because a lot of people, you know, they go to practice they go to the game you know but you're not going to be a successful football player if you just go to practice and go to the game and then in the business world the things I'm doing now is the same thing you know if I'm only doing work where I'm supposed to do work I'm not going to be successful so going the extra mile surrounding myself with the people that have the like-minded um and so I had a positive transition from football because of the understanding of the game and the love of the game that's big that's big mm-hmm. I was reading about you and in high school, you did track, right? So football wasn't your only sport. Yeah, I did. I ran track and played football. What caused you to not do track in college? Well, uh, because like I like I said, I, I understood the type of program that Mount was, Mount Union football was, and I actually got recruited to run track and play football at Mount. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I loved football a little bit more, and I wanted to go to the NFL. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna tr- put all my time and effort into uh into football because sports in college is like a job. So 
So I'm like, you know what, understanding that I still got school, I don't want to have to worry about a track season and a football season. So I completely focused on football. And then after two years of playing football, when I was a little bit established and I got my spot on the, on the, on the roster, I decided to pick up track again because my workload in school wasn't as much being way in the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. And um, I was kind of stable in football. And you were a national qualifier in high school as well. Yep. Um, I ran in the Junior Olympic Nationals for the 110 hurdles and the 800, and I was a national qualifier in both events. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Were there any other sports that you played um, outside of track and football? Yeah, early on I played baseball and basketball, but um, I stopped playing those games in like element those sports in the, around elementary school because um, I wanted to get more serious about track and football and playing sports, trying to play four sports. I wanted to give myself at least an off season where I can train for the opposite sport. So if I was playing baseball and and doing all these other things. I would have – I'll go from one sport to the other and not have a training period. So you said you won the national championship for D3 football, right? Mm-hmm. What was that feeling like when you won? And it's like no other feeling in the world. Um, I just remember um, at this at the end of the game, we were we knew we were going to win, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like five mm-hmm. seconds left. So we're just watching the clock tick. Everyone's getting excited. Everyone's yelling. They're already passing out our national championship hats and shirts. We see the trophy getting wheeled onto the field. It's just a, it's just a feeling that you now never forget. And then I guess the, the most, the best part about that was not necessarily the on the field celebration, but it was the locker room celebration. And then when we went back to the hotel and we saw all the, we we got off the bus and all the fans are surrounding the bus, surrounding the. Um, hotel. We can barely get into our rooms because there's people like congratulating us, shaking hands. Yeah, it was it was just a it was it was just a great feeling. Wow. Hey, D. You know, you mentioned early on, and Rory, let me know if I'm jumping too far ahead. But you mentioned early on about your podcast and your company, No Negations. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell uh, Rory and I more about No Negations and and what is the message behind that? So No Negations, we're actually in the process of rebranding. Um, originally we're, we were strictly about, you know, or mainly about the motivational, um, inspiring others to achieve, but now we're phasing into the life coaching. So we're still doing that, but we're doing it one-on-one based. So we're booking clients for life coaching. We're still doing our keynote speakings. We're doing workshops all as a way to inspire people to achieve. So like, uh, in our mentorship group, you know, we're, we're looking at getting a facility to start operating out of, uh, we have the podcast. Um, to replace like the keynote speaking right now, but uh, yeah, that's that's the main thing that we're that we're focusing on right now is the is the life coaching. And how did you come up with no negations? Like, what led to to the creation of that? So um, I work as a trainer too, and one of my I remember one day it was, it was like two years ago. One of my clients came in and she was upset. You know, she was trying to lose weight and she felt like. She couldn't do it because her family member, people in her family was telling her that it was impossible and that it wasn't likely. And then even in her eyes, she didn't think that it was possible because she, over the years, she had put on so much weight. And I basically was there to sit down and talk to her and encourage her and let her know that it was possible. So after that conversation, I went back to my college campus and I was in a recreation center 
And I was thinking about the times where I was growing up when people told me I couldn't do stuff because I was really short. Um, um, people saying were saying things like, I might not make it out of high school. I'm, I won't make it in college. I couldn't play football. I couldn't do this and that. And, and so and it made hold me on. You, I don't mean to cut you off, D, but this is I want to paint this picture, too, for just Rory and the people that's going to hear this. Rory, when you look at me, I'm really short, right? I'm 5'5", five five, and I've been 5'5 five five for the past 10 years. But when I met first met D, he was smaller than me. Oh, my God. So he was. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went I went into my freshman year. I was 4'11", 99 pounds. And then so I came up to Devin. And, you know, he's a little bit taller than me at this point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what? I was like, what's up, dude? Because I felt bad for him because he was kind of small. <laughs> and scrawny. He had wide shoulders and whatnot. So I was trying to just be that friend for him. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, a, I was a little guy. So people kind of counted me out. And I remember being on campus. And I was like, what if I can create something that not only – inspires my clients at the gym but it can also inspire me you know and the people around me you know i remember in back into one of the math classes i was in with Devin. um there was this math um saying and it was just called a negation it just meant a negative or something like that so i mm -hmm. looked up the symbol for it, what negation meant and then the negation is the contradiction denial or negativity or something i was like okay that's perfect so took no negation and Took negations, put a no in front of it. No negations. So no negations, no excuses, no con no uh, contradictions, no negativity. So that's how no negations came about. I kind of like relate to you on like being shorter in your freshman year because I think like I was like four eleven at the start of this year. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm and you like really grew. Mhm. Mm True. Yeah. I'm like five four now. I think. There you go. See. You're going to get up there. See, I'm right now on 5'10", so I'm not the tallest dude in the world, but I definitely grew a lot since freshman year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. so I'm from, like, the West Park area of Cleveland, but it says you grew up in, like, Beachwood. Can you tell me what mm -hmm. it was like growing up in Beachwood? That's a good question. I don't even know how to answer that. Um, It was hmm, – it, it, it was good to a certain extent. Um, I feel like most people get stuck into a bubble by the community that they grow up in. So Beachwood has a certain way of thinking. Um, great school system, great school system, but a certain way of thinking, a certain way of operating. And even though Beachwood in itself is like a diverse, kind of a diverse area, so you have people from all different cultures, it was still one way of thinking. Um, but once I got outside of Beachwood, because I worked in southern Ohio, mm -hmm. totally different mindset down there. Um, once I got out, I under, I was able to understand more. I feel like relate to more people. But as far as the city as a whole, it was a it was a great city to learn in. Um, I made a lot of friends, a lot of good good connections out of Beachwood. But I do think it's important for everyone to step outside of the city. So you from the west side, mm -hmm. people on the east side are totally different. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you know instead of hanging out over there, transition to that side and just communicate with different people because that's how you learn. It's through communication and understanding why someone thinks the way that they think. Um, that's like, that's about like my final note, but do you have anything that? 
talk about. Um, D, I'll, can you just share with us uh, something that you would want to leave people with before we get out of here? What would be something that you would want people mm-hmm. like? I think you just gave a really great message <laughs> yeah. by saying um, those different communities, and that was unexpected, so mm-hmm. we appreciate that. But is there anything that you would want people to really keep in their minds and in their hearts when they hear this um, and, and, and at the end of it? Um, one, I, I think one thing I would want people to take away is to be understanding, um, and to listen first, you know, listen Mm -hmm. first and always have the mindset that you want to help other people. So if you're deciding to create a platform, you decide to do whatever, whatever you want to do. So like you have this podcast you're coming up with, your mindset should never be, Oh, I want to make a million dollars doing this. It's like, I want to impact a million people. You know, when, you, when you're when you focused on impacting people and understanding why someone may think that way, they think you're able to help them. And when you help someone, that money is going to come. So focus on helping other people and, you know, just being that impactful human being that you, that you can be. <laughs> um, Yo, this dude was on board. <laughs> so um, I think that, like, wraps things up, so. Thanks for tuning in to Rory Sports and Stories. This is your host, Rory Kane, joined by Daryl Sellen Jr. and Devin Wingfield. And if you like what you saw today, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you.